What is up, everybody? This is Recap Rewind. I'm J-Lag. And I'm NB. And today, you know, we had to call up the daddy himself and a good friend of the podcast, Mr. Mark Consuelos, to chat about this week's episode of Riverdale titled Chapter 88, Citizen Lodge. The episode delves deep into the past of Hiram Lodge, and we finally get to understand all the reasons why he is the way he is. As always, to our continued listeners and our brand new ones, thank you for joining us. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe to the channel. Okay, without further ado, let's get into the podcast, Mark. Welcome back to Recap Rewind. Thank you so much for joining us. How have you been? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. I love you guys. You guys are hilarious. Uh, from the beginning, since I've been on, on the show, my favorite tune-in, my favorite podcast, to figure out what's going on. Uh, <laughs> hot takes, your funny takes. So, uh, to on. Awesome. Thanks so much. Um, so let's get right into it. Right off the top, what a great episode this was. We absolutely loved it. Our, the whole fandom loved it. Um, from The Godfather to A Bronx Tale and probably some Goodfellas, it was full of gangster movie references. Something that draws me to these films is the idea of this anti-hero that does a lot of bad things, but ultimately it's for the family. When did you find out that we would be getting this origin story for Hiram? And was there anything specifically you wanted to include in his backstory? Um, you know, all those references, a Bronx tale for sure is, is such a tie-in to this episode. I think the last time we spoke, um, I don't remember what that was, but I kind of intimated that this was coming. Mm. I knew this was coming back. I knew this was coming back then. Mm. Like I, wow. Oh, wow. We were talking about it and, um, and I, I, I didn't intimate. I kind of said, well, there might be, there might be, we'd love to, you know, get a look at what, what's happening with, with, uh, with, you know, a deeper look at why he does what he does. So I was talking to Roberto about this episode back then. Um, wow. Yeah. It, you know, what I love about Hiram is that, and then from the beginning and talking to you guys, you're like, why does he act that way? He loves his family. Yeah. He, he wants to protect his family. And he does it. He, he obviously has, um, you know, a really bad way of showing it most of the time. But I think he was chasing, he was chasing this thing, you know, um, that he could never make right. And I think this episode lets you into exactly, you know, what, what drove him to the, you know, to like the sociopathic tendencies mm-hmm. that he has is because he has this guilt of, of, you know, of what he did. Um, and how he left the relationship with his father that he'll never be able to fix, mm-hmm. no matter what he does. No matter what he does, you know. And I've I've heard of people, you know, in my life that have had this. You know, they get an argument with a parent, and the parent goes off to work, and they, you know, unfortunately, they pass away, and then they never get a chance to mm-hmm. resolve it, make it right. And um, I go, wow. When we start talking about that with the bird, I'm like, you know, when I read the script, I'm like, ah, oh, this is great. This is so so great for, you know. And I know within in the fandom, like Hiram, it's like, you know, he's such a pain in the ass. <laughs> Hiram, a pain in the ass. Why do we have to deal with this guy? And I know that, I totally know that. And you know, in in talks with Roberto, you know, we, I would say he'd say we're gonna, you know, we're doing this. I'm like, whatever you need me to do. You know, and mm-hmm. it's, I'm here to serve the the show, the 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 story, the you know the dynamic between the characters. And if people don't like you, it's not it's not really. I mean, I don't take it. I don't take it personally. You know, I'm there. To, that's that's my that's my role in the show. And it's been a fun. I mean, it's been so it's been so fun to do that. But I'm glad. That being said, I'm glad that we 
have a chance to look at maybe just a little bit of a why, just just yeah. what's driving this person. And totally. you mentioned of the anti-hero and, you know, we love those characters. Mm-hmm. You know, we forgive those characters and unrightly so and unjustly yeah. so. <laughs> but all those gangster shows, you know, like you're kind of rooting for these anti-heroes because, you know, they're, they, they do at the end of the day, they have some redeeming qualities that they really have just kind of, um, you know, warped out into, you know, just into, into the wrong area. For sure. And we were talking about it on our podcast yesterday that in the Bronx Tale at Leeds, the mob guy gives him some great advice, even though he's doing all these shady things, he's giving the kid like really sound advice on real life. So it's this really weird, you know, double edged sword. Uh, You can't hate him. You love to hate him. Um, It's Hiram Lodge. Um, So I want to get into the performance um, because it was really powerful. And you took these characters to like a level that we've never seen before on Riverdale. Um, and then you also play three characters in one episode. Um, so you play present day Hiram, you play Javier, and then you play like a young gangster Hiram. Um, did you have to do anything specific to get into each character before a scene? Yeah, you know, um, the the father the father um, character Javier to me it reminded me. You know, and, and, and let's not let's not um, gloss over the fact that I got to work with my son. On this mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. of course <laughs> meta 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 of of it totally. all was just too it I, you know we can talk for hours about like that experience of just having you know you know having had him on set and just watching him do what he was doing but my father um who is very close to my kids you know mm-hmm. they call him no no Mexican, but my mom's Italian, but so they, it's not abuelo, it's no, no, right? Like the Italian. And growing up, this guy was the scariest dude I ever <laughs> met in my life. I mean, my mustache, just like that, yeah. just like that mustache. He was a scary, scary dude. Um, and it maybe just because he had that look on his face, but now, and I mean, not violent, just kind of had like an energy about him, right? Very serious dude. And now, you know, I see him kind of like doddering around with my kids and he's the sweetest, most gentle guy. Yeah. <laughs> I would look at my son. I'm like, you see that guy right there? I'm like, yeah, it's no, no. He's the best. He's awesome. He's so yeah. sweet and, and chill. I go, that guy was scary. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really played my dad. Yeah. Um, my dad, not so much the scary version, but kind of like the grandfather version of my dad who loves his family, who has this magical curiosity and maybe sometimes not so practical. Like he moved his family to Riverdale, right? He searched this, this fool's gold for the lack of a better word, right? Totally. His dream and, you know, and, and, and this honor and this integrity and, and just this good, good guy and a, a, this really humble, humble guy. So that was that guy. And yeah. that was, that to me, I didn't talk to Roberto about it, but I'm like, it was on the page. I go, I know who I'm playing. And mm-hmm. you know, the, best, the best character study that we ever have um, as actors are our parents. Mm-hmm. Study them. That's why we catch ourselves doing stuff like our parents all the time. Yeah, like, for sure. Studied them for better or for worse for you know 18 years for the most part sometimes till we leave. So 
it was just easy to like to move and to, and to do that so that was easy um the coming up gangster um Hiram I kind of you know what I did I watched my son I watched oh. my watched him do his his work um as the kind of gangstery Hiram after he becomes Hiram Lodge and with Thing. I'm like, let me look, see how he does his hair. And I actually, the slick back hair, I'm like, I'm doing that. Wow. That really cool. And it's funny, we were crossing each other on set. He's like, really? I go, like, <laughs> <laughs> Dad, you're copying me. That was, I was trying to figure what that guy looked like, you know, kind of a, not, not as well dressed, kind of a cheesier mm-hmm. um, coming up guy that was still in Riverdale. So I got that. And it, there was only a couple scenes there was one scene in particular the the one with Hermione right where she says I want to move to New York which I thought was a lovely that was yeah the baby yeah I think that was the only the only only scene that we got that intermediate hire yeah um because then he was flashy suit and then he moves to New York yeah um was the stash real no really <laughs> oh my god it looked so real I thought for sure you grew it out no, the makeup and hair people are fantastic. <laughs> They're that's always doing so it. funny. And I guess switching between all three characters, you couldn't be like, <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. Down. I was like, <laughs> where I had the gray and the mustache, and then change, and then I'm Hiram, and then I'm back, and you know, it, it must was, have been so trippy. A, yeah, it was trippy, man. But you know, um, this episode, I'll say it again, was probably one of my favorite episodes in my career of anything that I've done mm-hmm. with Michael, which was just, you know, watching him do his thing. Um, and um, also I got to work with a guy named Louis Ferreira, who I worked on a show called Missing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was called 1-800-MISSING. It was back in the day. It was on Lifetime. It was shot in Toronto. For I did two seasons of that. Um, Vivica Fox was the lead. Wow. Oh, wow. Guy, <laughs> Louis Ferreira amazing you know he's a canadian actor but he goes back and forth to the united states does a lot of you know u.s shows as well and um we became best best buddies um dear dear friends this is like 16 17 years ago and um he relocated to vancouver and since i've been shooting riverdale we get to have some lunches together or hang out or like reconnect a little bit mm-hmm. and one of those guys or one of those friends that you hadn't seen in a decade and then you pick up just yeah. You know, and it's not a lot about, you remember when, you remember, it's more like what's moving forward. He's a father and he's got great kids and we have a lot of, we have a lot of similarities. I'm just, I I love the guy. And Roberto asked me, he goes, who are your top picks for Vito? Who would you like to Mm -hmm. see? I said, well, I know a guy that's in Vancouver right now that would kill it with, he's a veteran and he's like, He's amazing and he's just, he can play, he can play. He actually played Donald Trump um, <laughs> in the movie the week 15 years ago. Oh, wow. Like, yeah. yeah, and he was amazing. He made you like Donald Trump, which was- Oh my God. <laughs> so, I, and I, so I got to work with my, I got to work with my good, dear, dear friend, um, you know, um, Louis Ferreira. And he said, listen, I know I have all these scenes with Michael. And he knew, he knew Michael when he was a little kid, like when he mm. was- six or seven or eight years old he's known him since that long wow you mind if i work with him and like run my scenes and i'll take over that role so you don't have to do it you know 
about it, but it'd be natural for me because I'm his mentor on the show. I'm the guy that takes him in. Can do you mind if I if we can start rehearsing and working together? I'm like, oh, please, because I'll, I'll just screw it up. <laughs> you know what I mean, like I'll just screw it up. So, um, yeah, yeah. So he he, he stepped in and they and gosh, they did such a great job together. Such a great job. Oh my god, it was so good. It was honestly our top. Like, if not the best episode of the series, top three, like top yeah, two. Absolutely. Amazing. Absolutely. We were so blown away. Yeah. Um, so going back into the episode, one of the things that we also get to find out about Hiram is how he gets his name. So he changes it from Jaime Luna to Hiram Lodge. And I do feel like this is very true to that immigrant story, coming to America, changing your past to be successful in this brand new world. Um uh, is it something that you or your family could also relate to, like on a personal level? Um, you know, we we kept, you know, our our names. You know, my family's names were always Consuelos, and my mom's name was Dikeli. But I do know people that have changed or abbreviated or you know slightly changed their names um, for uh, you know when they moved to the states. So I, I get it. You know, like the one thing I could relate to was. Um, growing up, my father, you know, would say if, during the summer, if I got too dark, mm. too, yeah, yeah, chill out a little bit. I'm like, why? It's just like we're living in the Midwest, man. Just, just you know. And, and he grew up, you know, he came up when he moved to the United States when he was um, in his early teens, and doesn't talk about it a lot. But Mexican kid, you know, in the Chicago area. I'm sure he saw his share of whatever it was, you know, I don't want to say racism, but you know, it was, he had to adapt. He, he wanted to assimilate. Sure. No one prouder to be an American than my father. My father is like, mm-hmm. he, he served in the military, got his citizenship because he served in the military, spent his whole career with the department of defense and, you know, and loves America. But he did say, you know, he would try to protect me from those things that, you know, like in the you know seventies and the eighties, that you know we would come you know, come up against. So not so much changing the names, but assimilating um, yeah. that immigrant, that real immigrant um, mentality. Like we yeah. had, to, had to work harder than everyone else. We had to you know a, a B plus A minus not good enough. You know, yeah. Yeah. you know we were just like always you know that that immigrant mentality for sure. Yeah, and like, you know, going back to what you just mentioned, where there it's in a very short scene, but when Hiram gets his first job and he goes into the alleyway and the guy makes that really quick comment. And, you know, I love the fact that the show even addressed it in a way where he goes back to Vito and he's like, this, you know, the delivery was fine, but I something that he said really didn't sit well with me. And I didn't I didn't expect that, to be honest, because, you know, you're expecting this general origin story. But touching on that idea of being an immigrant, coming to this new place and feeling like an outsider and being called out on it and trying to find a way through that world. And he ends up kind of in the on the darker side of the world. um, It was it was, I think, powerful, even though it was like that very short piece of time. We saw like we saw a direct line. You know, there, there's d- different ways to get to that successful, um, powerful, um, respected status, right? And so I think that I think that um, Hiram or young Jaime saw that in 
you know, a direct line to that. And it obviously, obviously wasn't the right, the right way to go. But I think that, you know, he felt it deeply. He felt that, um, you know, and talk, you know, in, in, in the story, he felt that, that kind of, um, dismissal deeply, you know what I mean? Like, totally. Um, like, listen, I, I think the art of shining shoes, like my dad taught me to shine shoes, you know, how to shine my own shoes. I love it. I think it's, I mean, to shine a shoe, to, to take care of your shoes, I think is a really cool and just like a, I don't want to say humble, but it's like, you know, it's, it's a respect that you're wearing your shoes, take care of them. And I think that, you know, being looked down on, you know, like the actual. Yeah. Physically. Know, yeah. 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 On, you know, shining the shoes. And then um, when uh, Hermione played by Cammy, I love when she plays the Hermione. Um, <laughs> so good. <laughs> isn't she the good? glasses. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, she's so good. Um, when she says, you know, when she says to, to Jaime, you, you know, I can't date you. My mother thinks that, you know, you're just a shoe shiner. Um, you know, that it really, it's, yeah. Really yeah. I think he saw a direct line to like, you know, and you're, you know, when you're a young kid, you don't, you don't really think about that stuff. You like, you want to, you want to, you don't think you go to the direct lines. And I think that, that was a mistake that he made. For sure. And like that he was so embarrassed by his dad too, like the shoes and like, it just cuts you to the core as a, as a young impressionable kid. So you can understand why he did the things he did. It was just such a great origin story. And it just makes you look at Hiram like completely differently. Right, for sure. You know, Brian Patterson is the guy that, yeah. we, um, and such I, a good job. gosh, such, I mean, I agree. He did such a, it was such a, uh, um, you know, an interesting way to to do it, and he, I, I think he he did such a great job. And James um, DeWill, I gosh, I, I always I always screw up his last name. Directed it, and he was one of the. And he also wrote a few episodes um, in the first few first few seasons of the show. He was a produ- He's a producer on the show, um, and he directed it. Man, was he fun to work with? Mm-hmm. I, he would, you know, he would come up and whisper something to you right before right before the scene and walk off. You know, he's like, you're gonna die. <laughs> he'd walk off and like, what? You know, great actor stuff. So, yeah, it was, um, it was, it was special. The, the, it starts with, listen, all these episodes start with what's written on the page. As mm-hmm. I'll tell you, um, we know when we get, we, when we get the, you know, whatever show you're doing, when you see these words, you're like, oh man, these are just gonna be so good. Yeah. I didn't change one, one comma. I didn't change one comma, one, um, one, you know, one syllable in any, I really don't either do that for any of the scripts, but this one was just like, it just was like, it was beautiful. It was so powerful. And I, I love that mafia, like mob boss, that whole film genre. So hearing some of the lines that like were kind of uh, altered, I was like, this is amazing. Like they're taking so many little cool um, things from from all those um, movies. So that was super cool to watch. But every aspect of this episode was just 10 out of 10. So on point. um, So on point. Um, I kind of want to pivot and I want to talk about Michael. Um, Because this was huge for Michael. (laughs) Michael and... um, uh, so he portrays young Hiram in this episode. He was, again, really like he took this character somewhere that we never saw before. He was in the episode in the flashback. Um, but this one, it was just like a whole other, you know, Michael Hiram, um, super intense, super emotional, powerful. 
Um, and we had never seen the both of you guys on screen together. Um, do you have any like memories? What was your best part about filming with him? Any any pranks? Any anything? You know, behind the scenes. Um, it, again, I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it. You know, um, he he's obviously one of my favorite people in the world. You know, I've yeah. got four of them, um, and he's up in top four. <laughs> um, Good answer. Yeah. <laughs> Can't be ranking them. He's <laughs> just an amazing, kind, um, beautiful soul. The kid is the kid's amazing. Um, and I remember a few years ago when we did the flashback episode, uh, Roberto said, "You know, it's too bad Michael's not an actor because you know he. We would love to. We're doing this flashback episode, The Midnight Club, mm-hmm. right?" I said, "Well, you know, he did some voiceover stuff as a little kid, like Go Diego Go or Dora. He did stuff like." <laughs> Cool. Tell me if we if we if we ever release those. It was he's, he's such a cute cute kid, but he never really wanted to act. He said, "Well, I said he does have he's a, he's a member of the union. Like he has a SAG card because because of those shows. He pays his dues. Should he? He's in L.A. right now. Do you want him to read for it?" He goes, "Sure. Why don't we have him read for it?" Mm-hmm. And he called me when he got there. Um, this is a few years ago, and he said, "Dad, it's weird, man. Everybody here looks like you." And <laughs> Well, yeah, that's called casting. That's how. That's what they. <laughs> the role of young hire he has to look like me. He goes, but they really look like you. <laughs> that's so funny. He read and he got it. And it was such a you know. And he, I think he'll admit it. He it was such a small. It was such a small like little role. It was perfect for him because he had never really done anything on camera before. He went to NYU to study film and television production. What's interesting is that he started taking acting classes his last couple of years, and they all the film students would put him in his, their movies because he's just an interesting, like quirky, you know, handsome, but super quirky. Um, and so he, he actually liked it. So this time around, you know, um, about six months before this came up, he said, you know, he graduated and he said, dad, I think I want to act. I think I want, this is what I want to do. I'm like, really? We just spent a lot of money on, you know. <laughs> film school. <laughs> film school. And he goes, yeah, but I think that's what I really want to do. I said, okay. I said, I support your decision just as long as I don't have to support <laughs> your decision. <laughs> this is on you, dude. You got, let me tell you what it takes. You got to go to acting classes. You have to go to movement classes. You have to, you know, improv. You have to really, this is not just like something. And so a few months after that, Roberto came to me and he said, we're doing this flashback episode. I said, well, does that mean Michael would come back? He goes, for sure. I said, great. And I told Michael, I said, dude, things can change. Things may change. But I spoke to Roberto and in a few months, you could be getting a script. So get ready. It's amazing. Uh, he dove into just, just getting ready. Just, just, just generalized, you know, acting classes. And, and so when the script came, you know, we talked about it. And I said, you know, I can work with you on this. Um, we can talk about it, but I think the smartest thing to do is, is for me to get as far away from this process mm-hmm. as possible. And I think that everything else in your life, I'm a backseat, I'm a backseat driver and I'm so annoying. I'm a dad. Mm-hmm. But the only way this is going to work is if you find this on your own. Yeah. And if you have a question, if you have like a thing to talk about or you have anything, I'm here for you, man. But really go work with this coach, dig into the material and do your thing because it's going to be important. And that's what he did. That's amazing. Wow. And it took everything 
Howard to stay away from that process. Like when he was on set, there was so many scenes we did not shoot together. I would come on set and go to the furthest monitor, like about a <laughs> hundred yards away from that. So he wouldn't yeah. hear that I was there and just kind of just watch like, oh, wow. You know, and like wow. I was watch and I just would say, how's he doing? They're like, he's amazing, great. And I'd leave and I'd go home and then we'd meet back at, you know, at the apartment when he got back. But I kind of, you know, I just, you know, he was a few funny stories. Um, you know, the, the transportation guys that pick us up for work, you know, we're always like either on time or a minute or two late, you know, or 10 <laughs> minutes late. Michael was like 15 minutes early waiting downstairs. Aww. <laughs> Ready to go. Drivers get there 15 minutes early, right? Mm-hmm. And he like, your son, is early I go, oh, one that's one thing i taught him that he yeah you taught him well <laughs> listen to he's like be early and you know he was just kind to everybody and you know just so earnest about doing a good job but um yeah i mean it, it, you know we watched it together this episode together as a family a couple nights ago and i was just like i couldn't i was just looking at him and looking at my wife I'm like how is this happening yeah like, totally how did this happen so, you know, so, so it was really, really emotional for me. And then, you know, if you want to ask questions, like there was one scene in particular where he tells me that he's ashamed of me, mm. you know, and super like, powerful scene. And we had the scenes before that where I'm like, look at those shoes, man. Where'd you get those shoes? You know, yeah. right. We had fun. Yeah. It was kind of like, you know, he called me pop and that's what he calls me in real life. Hey pop. And then that scene where he tells me, you know, um, look at you, you can't even, you know, you can't even, you know, buy, get good shoes for yourself I, or, or a new dishwasher for mom. And, you know, I'm ashamed to be your son. And we did it a bunch. That scene took a long time, not because he didn't get there. I didn't get there. I think James, the director wanted to really figure out exactly. Cause it got, it got heated. It got really, really, really heated. I was grabbing him like this and like, and that worked. And through the process, there was this once a few, a few takes, um, one tear starts coming down his cheek. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> like, and it was the one that hit the light. And I'm like, Den- Denzel Washington in yeah. uh, you know, that movie where he gets, where he has one tear. I'm like, really, dude? Wow. Show you're like, you're busting out tears. I'm like oh, <laughs> a decade to figure that out. <laughs> It's such, I mean, I feel like it was such a great introduction for him to into that world of acting, you know, having this moment and opportunity to play his, you know, his father's younger self, which is crazy. And he does bring such a different energy that, you know, older Hiram, uh, you know, it, it's, it changes him, you know, life changes him quite a bit. So he doesn't have that, you know, sprightly, innocent, you know, even when he runs up to Hermione and asks her out on a date, you see this energy that you don't really expect from Hiram because you kind of see him as a serious gangster mob kind of guy who doesn't really have like a fun bone in his body, especially toward the end uh, or when he gets to, you know, your age, when he gets older. But Michael really brought this like level of energy that you don't really, uh, I didn't really expect it from Hiram. So it was really refreshing to see this different side of Hiram at that age. Yeah, I think, and I think that because, you know, most of the audience, most of the audience knew that we were related. 
when they watched right. it, mm-hmm. they kind of cool. that's they accept that that's that's there's like a trend that, that's cool. I believe that you know that exactly that bouncy innocent that innocent thing that, that totally I buy they buy it that you buy it. I mm-hmm. think that you know and and that energy that he brought to it was so smart. He made him hire him. He literally redeemed Hiram. Yeah, yep. for sure. So like, as you were mentioning before, you know, having Michael on screen, like definitely added that like poetic meta multi-dimensional layer because, you know, you're watching all these father-son stories this episode, the story about Jaime Luna and Hiram and his dad and Javier and, you know, while you're watching this real-life father-son story living inside of it with you, Mark, and Michael interacting and seeing, and it's, it is, like you said, very meta in that way. And I really don't think that there's this, you very often see this father-son duo on screen and also pull it off. Like, you guys killed it in terms of having those scenes so powerful and, you know, it wasn't hokey. It didn't feel cheesy at all. It was such an emotional episode for that reason, I think. And, you know, like you mentioned, you know, watching Michael on scene and I'm, I'm sure that, you know, other than feeling proud and excited for him, you know, like how else did you feel watching your character that you've been playing for the past, you know, three, four years through Michael playing it? You know, did his homework. He, he watched a lot of, he watched a lot of the past episodes. And I think with his act, with his act, the acting coach, Joan, um, who he worked with in New York city, they dug into those questions. So I knew I knew that he had done his work in just conversations with him um, about certain things and, you know, what, you know, what it meant to be Hiram. So I knew, like, I felt completely at, like, at ease that this actor, I separated son from, from actor and this guy that came in is like, all right, he has the responsibility of doing this work for this character that I've been doing, that I've been, I've been portraying for the past four seasons. And, mm-hmm go either way it could go either way but again totally. I go back to just saying that it starts on the page i read the scenes I'm like oh these are great yeah it was smart the way they wrote it um so brian patterson just did a great job and i knew michael would, i knew michael would kill it because that's his sensibility that's his energy that he brings to that's his kind of like he has this this, this like you know really you know inside joyful energy that he brings to 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 life in general so i thought Okay, that's going to be a great combination. And then just talking to him, like, oh, he's done his homework. This is going to be this is going to be really, really great. Um, there was this one scene in the beginning where you know Hiram um, ha- Javier says, you know, to the guy, you know, that'll be ten dollars, please, or five dollars. And the guy goes, you know, that 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 was horrible. You didn't do a great job. And Jaime like runs out, and goes, hey, you have to pay us, you know. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. And I was like, yeah. wow, we talk about that. I was like, the way you know, we I didn't discuss like how are you going to do that and he, he was angry like i'm like oh all right <laughs> a flash of of hiram just a little flash mm-hmm. that rage yeah because it's under there it's like brewing slowly and i did sneak on set when he had the fight scene with reggie um on on uh, in, in the shop class and again another actor that i didn't you know, I haven't spoken about is charles melton yeah he, Oh, yeah. Always, always, uh, obviously, handsome is uh, annoyingly handsome, right? 
but he, I love working with a lot of people, you know, KJ and all the guys. His, we have stuff that mm-hmm. he up every take that's so weird and so refreshing and so funny and so in, like just a cool take on things. Again, I, I, I was so happy that Michael got to work with Charles as well because he took, Charles kind of also stepped in like, come on, more, more, you know, mm-hmm. throw, throw me down. Michael was like, are you sure? <laughs> I don't want to hurt you. He's like, no, throw Amazing. me down. Like, re- wow. Again, I was watching like, like watch, just kind of like watching this cool fight scene and Charles really, you know, took him under his wing and, and, and allowed him to say, you know, no, this is his rage on to rage on screen is hard. Mm. If you haven't, mm. I mean, to me, it comes naturally. I can be really pissed off very easily. <laughs> it takes a while to get there because it's, un, it's an uncomfortable emotion, you know? Yeah. And, and people, it's like, it can be very ugly. It can be very sexy. It can be very awkward. You know, rage is we people. You you seen people get, get fired? That's weird. Like that yeah. guy really gets angry, or that guy. Oh, that guy's scary, or that guy's menacing. You know what I mean? So I think he was. You know, Michael doesn't get angry very much like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think we even said it in our podcast that you know, like it surprised us. That was like the first time we were like, "Holy!" Like Michael's doing something, and we were like, "This is amazing!" Like we, you, because to your point, you don't really see that. You don't see it for sure in the in the past episodes that he was in, and you don't expect it out of this like little young version of Hiram, especially. But then that moment that twists him and. Makes him upset like he literally raged out and i believed we believed every second it was crazy to see that transformation on set for sure um okay so before i want to talk about reggie and i think um jlag's next question has to do with charles and reggie um but before we get into that um we mentioned this idea of the anti-hero and and that is hiram and sort of like whichever way you want to cut it, he does commit murder, right? By the end of the episode, he does. He is deep into that. Um, if you could compare Hiram Lodge to any of the, like the iconic mafia movie dons, who would you choose? Um, well, obviously, you know, the Al Pacino version of, of, of Michael Corleone. Um, mm. Yeah, um, of, of The Godfather. I think Al Pacino's... Um, performance of of that you know just very still very menacing very like you know don't calm only calm i think you know i think but i would be i would be yeah there's probably a a list of 150 guys that say the same thing that they fashioned it after that yeah um yeah i would say i would say what you know i would i would i would go with that I think I, I haven't really thought I haven't really thought about it too much, but just in watching certain people and how they how they play this bad guy, you know. Um, but it was also you know again some of the stuff that I did is I leaned in hard, you know. Hiram leans in hard in in because I know it, but because I know it's a, it's a comic book, right? Mm-hmm. Totally, comic book, and I think that's the mistake that um, that. Well, not the mistake, though, or the one thing that people overlook. It's like, wait, we can we can really get into this, like, mm-hmm. you know, this thing that people did, the way he dresses and the thing. So I think that it was a you know a heightened version of 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 I guess um, you know Michael Corleone. That's awesome. Okay. So 
Underneath this entire backstory, as we're going through the rest of the episode, we also get this wraparound moment where the present day Hiram tells Reggie at the end that he's fired. Like he can't come back to him and he needs to go back and repair his relationship with his father as he wishes that he could have done that with his dad and shine those shoes one more day, um, which was, again, all of them were powerful. But that scene in the car when he's just having that moment in the back and like saying, you know, I wish I could just have that moment back one of those days back. Um, and you really do. I think that this episode has a lot of those moments, but this is one of the ones where it's very well illustrated that, you know, you realize Hiram isn't just this heartless man on a tirade, you know, out here to destroy Riverdale. Um, but going back to Charles Melton, Reggie, um, how do you feel about how that relationship ended um, with Hiram just saying, you know, we need to finish, you know, you, you're done here. You need to go back to your father. I love that scene. I love that scene. Again, that's that's another scene where the director would come in and whisper something in James's ear. I'm sorry, in Charles's ear in the front seat and then leave. And then he'd do the same thing. He'd say, no, more, you know, or this, this is this is the last time you, you know, you're gonna you, you get to you get to do this is one of those opportunities that you get to do the right thing, set him free. Mm. Set him free, set him free, set him wow. free. Wow. And we shot that scene. It took a long time, not because I think the performances weren't there. I just think James wanted to see where we went with it. And, and um, you know, uh, I caught a couple of the camera guys crying. They're like, they're like oh man, you know, because they, they have, everybody has a relationship with their father. That, totally, you know, mm-hmm. totally. Father, good or bad or whatever that you have like, you know, if you could go back and redo one thing, you know, what would it be? Or, you know, and it was, that's pretty much what he was saying. Um, you know, there's a longer version of that. There's, you know, it's funny. I got to see, I got to see the longer cut of the whole episode, which is about maybe eight minutes longer. Mm. And, you know, and we'll get into the ending whenever you guys want to get into the ending yep. of it. Yeah. But um, you wish that there would be these uncut longer versions. Yeah. Yeah. Let that stuff breathe. All those scenes that we're talking about, you know, like even the scene where I look at Michael's, Michael's, uh, Jaime's shoes. I'm like, hey, where'd you get those shoes? He has nice shoes for a delivery man. He goes, I've been working on chips. And then I go, you know, in the, in the longer version, I was like, so that what kind of food they serve there? They have good, good pasta? And he goes, yeah. And you are staring at each other, staring at each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. Javier knows that he's like, that he's doing some illegal shit. He lets him off the hook. He goes, all right, well, bring some pasta home for your mom. I don't want her to cook tonight. And he goes, okay. You know, there's all these like little, like these little, they, and I understand it's a, it's a 48 minute show. On, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Let it, I wish, I just wish like Netflix or something, they would let it. I let, love that. It was like a film, right? Even the yeah. way that it all started, it was just very film-like. And of course, all the references to everything. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're sort of like nearing the end. I don't want to get too dark on a Friday morning, but at the end of the episode, Hiram does um, finally get revenge on Vito by killing him. Um, he then declares he's ready to get the palladium and then get his rest, like the family back together after losing them. Um, do you think Hiram will ever be ready to leave the gun and take the cannolis or will his time run out before he has the chance to do so? <laughs> I uh, had to put that in there. <laughs> the cast has been set. The mold has been set. I mean, you know, he's capable of doing um, 
you know, good things, but I think, you know, the way, you know, he, he's, you know, you know, certain people just still can't change, you know? So I think yeah. that's, that's the way he goes. And Hermione does say it. She's like, he's addicted to the power of it all. Right. So um, we were just t- discussing in the, in the podcast of like, is it too late? Like now that he's sort of realizing everything, this is this the moment where, you know, his, his, his clock is ticking, but um, yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Sweet. <laughs> so yeah going to that final one of those final moments one of our favorite moments that we talked about is right at the end when Hiram is you know curled up in bed by himself eating some ice cream watching the real housewives where he sees Hermione and Veronica catching up and talking about him um so I do want to bring this back kind of to you, Mark. So obviously there's this element of you, Kelly, your family being so successful, but also busy working and traveling and being away from each other. Um, and, you know, Hiram kind of has a similar experience. I mean, for different reasons or estranged for different, for very different <laughs> reasons, obviously. But when, you know, you have those moments on set when you just want to walk away and just go back to home, back home and be with your family, and especially you were mentioning, you know, not having the ability to do that as often this year. Um, what, what gets you through it all? What, what got you through, you know, having that, having those harder days? God, I can't believe you 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 hit that you hit it on the head, man. Um, in Canada, my wife shows on like four different times. It's on wow. camera four times. Like it, you know, it, it, that her live with, with Kelly Ryan is on. You would have to have, have a hard time not to see it. Mm. So yeah. <laughs> I, sometimes I would get up at six a.m. because um, that would be nine o'clock on the East Coast and watch the six a.m. feed. And I just get to sit there and watch my wife and I'm smiling. I'm having my cup of coffee like I would with her. And you, you're right. That's, I get to, I would get to connect. And obviously with FaceTime, you know, you get to see, you know, but I felt, I always felt closer because I could always watch and just kind of, just kind of, you know, with her. That last scene, man, um, we talked about it a lot with you know james and i and i said you know this is the only connection he has with his family kind of like sometimes i can only catch my family on on a screen and right they don't get to see how he reacts to them they yeah. don't how he is on there's no barrier he's smiling and he's like this yeah yeah laugh yeah go he's like can we, can we play with that he goes go that scene also, they wanted me in like these silk pajamas and like the higher pajamas. I'm like, no, 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 no. This guy literally just avenged his father's death and it still doesn't make him feel good. You know, it's a horrible moment for him. Not only does it not make him feel good, it brings back everything, you know, back his whole, like why he is where he is, this big, this, this fatal mistake, right? Mm-hmm. I go, no, he's not, he's sleeping in his clothes tonight. He's sleeping, he's sleeping in his clothes. And like, you really, I'm like, yeah, I I feel strongly about this. He's not, he's not all Mr. Comfortable. He's like, yeah, wow. You know, and the scene right before that, they didn't show it. He walks into his suite, he sits down, he takes off his boots and he puts them there in front of him. The shoes, the shining. Oh my God. Wow. But they couldn't keep it because it's too. I understand why they had to cut it because it's too long. The show that gives me chills just thinking yeah, about totally. that scene. Wow! Right in front of them, and he kind of, he kind of just 
you know, cleans them off and he looks at them and he's like, ah. and then he goes and, and he watches, you know, and he watches that show. And I said, I'm going to play with this a little bit where, you know, I turn it off as soon as they start t- saying too many bad things about me and like, yeah, turn it off. Right. Um, and then I, like, you know, I, I know I thought that scene was another opportunity for me that Michael did for me throughout the whole episode. It was the one thing that I could do except for releasing Reggie and let, setting him free. That, that scene was something I could, that, you know, I could continue the job that Michael did and, and redeeming Hiram a little bit into, into showing the audience that he's just this guy, he's lonely. And I thought it was interesting. They wrote, you know, that they changed it a little bit a few times that, he would, he wanted to get back everything that he lost and was looking at his family. Right. I mean, really, I know he's, he's, he's a sociopath, but really at the end of the day, that's the only thing that matters to him is his daughter yeah. in that order, his daughter and his, his wife. daughter, then his yeah. wife. <laughs> so with that, you know, Hiram, obviously, you know, he's going to be on this mission now to not just get the palladium. Once he gets the palladium, he's going to go and find a way to get back to his family. So again, going back to you and being away from your family, what is the first thing that you would do uh, to when you get back to your family? Like, what is the f- most favorite thing that you get to l- enjoy doing when you get back home? You know, we, as busy as we are, and as, um, as the, you know, the kids' schedules are crazy, we have a family dinner. Mm-hmm. We've been sitting down as a family since the kids were, you know, a babies. We always sit down. And even if somebody's going out to eat later or has an event later, they come and sit at the table with us. Mm. You know, and now that they live in other places, you know, they have other apartments, it, that's harder. But I think for us and for the Consuelos family, it's that what is sacred is, is the family dinner. I love, I love that. that. Yeah. I love that so much. Well, I think that's pretty much all of the question. (laughs) I know it goes by so fast, but like, you know, we could not be more excited for, you know, seeing this episode, have it presented. And, you know, I think you should be extremely proud. And it is one of those things that I think you can look back on and say, like, we really did that. I like it, it's just such a it was such a phenomenal moment to watch on scene and, and I'm not trying to blow it up I really think that it was a really really well jo- uh, done job by both of you and yeah fan- such a fantastic job thank you you know what's funny is that people are like wait I totally why am I liking this episode I didn't why did I I didn't want this episode to happen and like <laughs> now it's yeah we saw that so many times on our on our Twitter commentary like everyone was just so surprised so impressed um and we're super proud of it we're super happy for you guys um thank you so much for agreeing to do this i know our audience is gonna love this and hearing all you know the backstories and um yeah thank give you. our regards to the whole family say hi to kelly and michael and lola and joaquin yeah. <laughs> it's like they don't want to talk to the stage mom of course we do we always <laughs> want to talk to the stage mom <laughs> You know what's so funny? Michael looks so much like you, but there's moments where he smiles and it's Kelly. And it's like, I see you, but I see her just as much in his face. And it's just so crazy to see that. And he's just such a cutie. I agree with you. He's got the Consuelos face, but he's very much, he's very much like my wife in the sense of humor and just their their beautiful spirit. (laughs) So cute. And just really quickly, we didn't get to talk about it, but... His voice, like he went there with your voice. It was so yeah. un- like if I closed my eyes, I could hear 
you. And it was like, we even talked, we talked about it. And some, even some, some Twitter followers messaged and said like, it didn't even like, did they dub his voice? It sounds exactly like him. It's so crazy that he was able to go there with that. It was really cool. Yeah. We, we kind of, we, we, he's, you know, when the grandparents are calling, he'll pick up the phone. My dad will think it's me. Yeah. (laughs) So funny. And that's another thing you just can't, you know, you just can't have if, they chose like another actor. Absolutely. There's just something so magical in that. Magical. No, it was perfect. That's the great word for the whole, the whole experience from the beginning to the end. Magical. And um, we have, we have it forever. Like, yeah, have- exactly. Yeah. And you have an eight minute longer version. Yeah, you, director's <laughs> cut. <laughs> you have a director's cut too. <laughs> we should have um, uh, a campaign to release the director's cut. I think we should. Yes. I think we should. Now that this is out, everyone get out there and let's get that on and uh, get it petitioned out yeah. there. Why not? Why not? Absolutely. Um, you, guys, you guys are the best. I really appreciate you having me on the show. Thank, Thank you, Mark. You Thank you Thanks so much. Me. Enjoy your Friday. Bye. And that is it for our interview with Mr. Daddy, Mark Consuelos. Thank you so much for always supporting us. Amazing. Agreeing to do this interview. I think people are going to love it because they love the episode. And just to get like an insight on how everything went down. Um, super, super excited to get this out. Jerry yeah, Doug, for sure. I love it. Super excited. I hope you guys enjoyed all of that. And yeah, once again, thank you so much to Mark and congratulations to the whole family. We Michael. really, really did love that. Michael? Michael. Michael. Michael did it. <laughs> and don't forget, guys, um, we have a new Twitter account. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like every time we have a new Twitter, follow us on Instagram, follow us on YouTube. This is going to go live on all our socials, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube. Um, new podcast was released for this week's episode. Be sure to check up all our, check all our stuff. All yeah, our absolutely. We out here. Um, and yeah, thanks for watching, everybody. Bye. Bye.